Speak of the Devil presents From the Devil's Lips. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Demented One. I'm your host, Tex, and tonight I have two special guests. Um, these fine gentlemen, the one, the only, Warlock Milton Kruver from Raising Hell Podcast, and none the other, Reverend Adam Campbell from Speak of the Devil. What's up, guys? What's up, Blake? Heidi ho neighbor. How you guys doing? <laughs> I want to know about the hat. Oh, I'm glad you yeah. asked. Glad you asked. This wonderful, wonderful beanie cap, it comes with tassels and everything, was made by our very own Misty Tires of Satan Knits. That's yeah. S-A-T-A-N, oh shit, S-A-T, I can't even spell, S-A-T-A-K-N-I-T-S. She, ma- she knits this stuff, and actually, the Baphomet you see behind me, she made that too, and my little girl has one as well, except it's rainbow colored and cute. Um, so she actually crochets all that stuff. So if you want one like this or anything else, she's your girl. She's your witch. So yeah. she actually made me a, um, a Freddy Krueger. She knitted one. Oh yeah. Freddy. yeah, nice. Yeah, she does awesome work, man. What the fuck, yeah. Misty? <laughs> Where's my knitted goods? <laughs> Do I gotta pass some cash your way? Come on. Man. <laughs> uh, so now you guys doing all right? Staying busy, I know. I'm doing great. The wife and I just saw it, and I know we can't we can't talk about it because you haven't seen it yet. You're a bad man. But I I do know, or I think I know, it's about a clown. It's true. This is true. Maybe. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! It's about a clown. No, I actually I was going to go see it this weekend, and then just my schedule I didn't get to. So, and then today I I was actually going to go see it, and then the little movie theater we have in our town. The only times was today for like I think seven thirty and then ten something tonight. So I'm um, just yeah. You gotta I didn't check get to it out, it. man. You've got to get out there. It, I know. I know. And I don't want to. There's no such thing as spoilers for it. The book has been out right. forever, and the <laughs> first true. movie has already or the t- made-for-TV show that I can no longer watch after having seen the movie and yeah. take it seriously. Uh, that's been out for forever. So the story is solid and it's out there, but the sound design alone in this yeah. film is mind-blowingly good. I, mm-hmm. Like if they're not nominated, I, there's no justice in this world. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. The whole movie, I was like, like rub, like nudging my wife, you know, to her dismay, <laughs> like, hey, did you hear that? Like, of course, does she heard it? But like, that was amazing. Like that, th- there are yeah. scenes in this movie. Without the sound design, would have been campy as fuck. But because okay. of the sound, I I actually was scared and I jumped in my seat a couple times. And I've never done that in a movie before. Nice. No, they they stay they stay strictly on when they were kids, right? They don't go back and forth. Yeah, this is part one because yeah. it's a two parter. One with their okay. one with their children, and then the other one right. when they're adults. Twenty seven years later, when it comes back, because it always comes back. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the book goes into it a lot more in depth and detail, and there's some different scenes that they'll never show in the movie because they're pretty fucked up. Right. Uh, but but no, they did a really good job, a really really good job, and it's it's way better than the old TV one. So the just the dialogue as well, the dialogue between the kids is fantastic. Like it, yeah, it's a mix between all of us in our kid childhood and yeah. everything you would want kids. To, to say in that sort of a circumstance. And all of their lives are so fucked up in their own special ways. And, that whole town is fucked up. Yeah, that... 
And there, here's the other thing. I I was raised sort of my informative years. Informative or just formative? My formative years <laughs> were this, which is obviously not fully developed yet, was initially developing. Um, it was Salem, Utah, which is a very small, at the time, it was a very, very small, very Mormon town. And everyone knew each other. And it was this big sort of Mormon uh, sewing circle of back talking and, you know, just sniping each other. And it was very very the sort of the worst version of a town you could ever find it was sort of like the town in it in that every you know everyone was fucked up in their own ways and it seemed like there was a disproportionate amount of fucked up in such a small space just mm -hmm. like where i grew up <laughs> and so well, I think I, that's kind of that's that kind of true for a lot of small places though isn't it i mean just because yeah, there's it's it's such a small microcosm of people, and people are full of drama and bullshit. And when it's that compact, everybody knows your your story, everybody knows your dark secrets, and everybody feeds off of it. But everyone's just as fucked up as you. Yeah. So you know, it's not like a big city where you get to branch out and you can hide your your stuff. You know, everybody's skeleton door or you know closet doors open, and your skeletons are falling out of it. Oh, yeah. But. It actually sounds like the town I live in now. So. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, well, it's, it's pervasive, man. It's just mankind. <laughs> yeah, we, we Cheers to fuck towns. Town. Fucks towns. Yeah. Speaking of toast, um, today is an anniversary, man. Um, this, you, of course, you guys know Anton LaVey. Yeah. Um, Adam, I really loved your, uh, your piece you put out on the Facebook page today. Oh, thanks. Um, I, I really like the part at the end where you said, I don't worship the guy, but, you know, I celebrate his legacy. And mm -hmm. I really dig that. So That's something yeah. that you would think that he were like a sainted devil, you know? Like yeah. people genuinely go head over heels for him. And I understand why. Like I get it. But as a Satanist, of course, we... We don't see the world as like uh, there's this great God above or there's this great even even someone as accomplished and dra just crazy interesting and, and and authoritative in his time as LeVay, we still don't hold him up on this sort of flawless pedestal of worship. And mm -hmm. and I genuinely think a lot of people really do. Oh sure. Oh, we yeah. definitely have yeah. psych offense in our organ in our organization as well as those without that just put him up on that pedestal and it's LeVay this and LeVay that and I gotta know everything about his life and it, I think people have this misnomer that they re that you really have to like the guy and it's not so much liking him but I you know you you identify with Satanism and you understand where he's coming from and even if you don't like the guy because I'm sure there's plenty of people these days that he probably wouldn't have liked but they're still Satanists mm -hmm. and you have to understand that that's not what it's about it's not about you know kowtowing to what you think to be this all supreme Satanist, it's it's Anton LaVey. It was who he was. And I think supporting his legacy is being a Satanist, you know, having that vital existence, having that perspective where you champion yourself, because that's what Satanism is. And if you want to if you want to have that idea that he's proud of you somehow, that's how I think you do it. You go and you live your life the best you can. And that's what it's about. Yeah, definitely. Adam, I was going to ask you, Ben, why do you think people, I guess, do that? Like, they just pretty much worship the guy. Like, well, I mean, I mean to be fair, and... he, he's an insanely interesting human being. Right. I mean, you know, we all were around when he was alive. And so the, the stories, the articles that he published, he was ever-present in counterculture. And you couldn't think of... I hate to say it because, you know, the, at the time it was everywhere, but you couldn't think of devil worship. You couldn't think of Satan. You couldn't think of the devil, Satanism, any of that without having this image, uh, right or wrong. Uh, in most cases it was wrong, uh, about Anton LaVey. He was the symbol. And so of course, when, when he is so pervasive in a counterculture, um, and he's touted by many, many Judeo-Christian religions as literally the devil on earth. You can't help but see him if you connect with the darker aesthetic in life as some sort of figurehead. And then that just leads to, you know, we're animals. We're, by and large, mankind is very herd-oriented and tribal. Uh, 
you can't help but sort of go to whatever that tribe leader is and just sort of, you know, look up to them. Um, for those who had met him, I I don't know that they worshipped him in the way that the kid down the street who had never met any Satanist his entire life growing up and just had the Satanic Bible and that image on the back cover, that, that headshot of LeVay, that's, it's, it's, it's an evocative image. And so I think that's Powerful. why, really. It's, it's one, ignorance about what Satanism really is. You can't see my thumb. One, <laughs> ignorance because of what Satanism really is. And two, just the impact that he had as a human being on our world and still today, the impact. Sure. Yeah, definitely agree, man. Well, a toast to Anton LaVey. Yes. Anton LaVey. All right, guys. Well, um, for this show, I, I titled it "This Is Halloween" um, because I know you two guys you love this time of, of the season and everything. And so, I wanted to bring you guys on and kind of discuss some of the things that you guys like to do during the season. And but first, I wanted to kind of get what you guys' favorite horror movies are. Like, if you could pick maybe the top three and why. Um, Milton. Top three oh, on the spot. <laughs> mm. Well, um, if we're talking series, I'll go with series first. I really like the Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. I know there's always the you know the, the the battle between Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. I'm a Jason Voorhees guy. Um, he's my he's my bad guy because I can identify with so much of who he is as a person and the timeline. So definitely. Wait, wait, wait. You know, I, I want to know more about that. <laughs> what exactly did you drown <laughs> no 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 no. okay okay all right let's uh, here we go we're gonna have at it so the first movie right spoiler alert whatever the first movie the the killer is his mom right mm -hmm. she goes out because her little boy was killed and i don't mean killed in the sense obviously that he was murdered but he's out there swimming in the lake and he drowns and all of the camp counselors and all the people who are supposed to be protecting him and taking care of him are off having sex ignoring him doing whatever and she goes off the deep end she all already was pretty crazy and she gets her revenge and then later on it gets to it gets into the supernatural mysticism of jason coming back of him of him being this unstoppable juggernaut of an entity and it's really a sad story about a little boy who really just needed some help and who really, you know, should have been nurtured and should have been cared for and should have been taken care of, and he wasn't. And so he's he's back for revenge. And it kind of um, – I, I see him as a very satanic figure because he comes back and he punishes the hedonistic, those who go overboard and in excess – um, and his mother was very like that as well. So obviously he goes off and kills a bunch of innocent people and – Whatever, that's fine. It's a horror movie. But I really, really feel for the guy. I, feel, I really identify with that, um, with the neglect. And he's, to me, the quintessential mass murderer who is somewhat justified. Like, Freddy Krueger was a child-killing, molesting motherfucker. And Michael Myers was crazy and had the Mark of Thorn put on him and all that shit. But Jason, he just does it for me. And he's such a badass. And I don't know. That's just my thing. So that's how I look at it. Nice. Never heard it put that way, Nelson. <laughs> yeah, I think just looking at the child version of him at, from the very first, because mm -hmm. they, I mean, to be fair, they did mysticize the very ending of the first uh, yeah. one anyway, but mm -hmm. yeah. he didn't look like he should have been anywhere near any water ever. <laughs> no. He was special in very, very many ways. Yeah, but he needed, so he needed help, you know? Where was his handler? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he was probably getting uh, some loving in. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> How old was you when you first saw um, Friday the 13th, Milton? Oh, goodness. What was I? 10, probably. I think, I think 10 is when I got to sneak the movie. And I saw the first one. And, of course, by then, others had been out. Mm. And I... Uh, and I was, and, I, and of course, I didn't know the the, the storyline. So you're thinking, oh, you know, it's Jason, it's Jason. And then you're like, holy crap, that was his mom. You know, freaking chubby Mrs. Voorhees is out hacking the shit out of freaking camp counselors. That's cool. That's a badass mom. <laughs> so, you're actually a young Kevin Bacon. Parenting podcast. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But there's a lot of good uh, movies out there. I mean, like, shoot, um, 
Oh, God. Johnny Depp is in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You can go back to a lot of those movies. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. God, mm-hmm. she's hot. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, yeah. She's great. But, um, well, what about number two, your top three? Oh, man. Um, I like campy stuff. I, I'm a big, you know, I like ghoulies. I like critters. I like um, all the funny old stuff. I just actually rewatched the first ghoulies last night. It was so good. Cause it's Does got it hold such... up? What? Does it hold up? Critters? Ghoulies. Well, no, no, no. Critters. Critters is the, are the little the little furry space aliens yeah, yeah. that come down and quills out and eat people's faces. Yeah. That's critters. And then there's ghoulies, which is has this... No. Oh, it's like little it's slimy, like midget guys. Yes, and it's all the entire thing is like, um, is like this Satanist paradise type thing where, well, I mean, kind of in the movie. Right. So the whole thing is precept about this boy who was going to be sacrificed in a satanic cult to his father, who is this crazy warlock, summoning demons, which are the ghoulies. Um, mm-hmm. and but he lives, his mother saves him, puts a little necklace around him, protects him from harm. And one of the one of the ritualists takes him out, saves him. Well, he comes back, finds out that he can summon demons too. And I'd have to look at it, but it it sounds like they use Enochian in the in the show. It could be. It, it sounds like it um, when they're doing some of the rituals. And he comes back, and there's ghoulies two, and then three, and then I guess there's a fourth I never saw where they go to college. It's really campy, funny humor. Oh, it's great. Um, Ghoulies go but to college. <laughs> it's all about conjuries and rituals and, you know, bringing up these ghoulies. And it's it's funny. So, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Oh, second movie. Second movie. Fuck. Damn. There's so there's so many. God damn it. I like the Leprechaun series, too. You know, campy stuff. <laughs> so Adam, I know you don't like Leprechaun. You don't like it, do you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't not like it. I just wouldn't choose to watch it. He pogo sticks on an old guy's chest and he's singing a song. He's like, this is the way we break the ribs, break the ribs. And he's like, and the, and the old guy's like shooting up blood. It's great. Isn't there one leprechaun in the hood or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's leprechaun in space. Yeah. For, yeah that How do you that? <laughs> <laughs> um, in the hood. That's no. Um, <laughs> bring it back to a serious page. I guess number two would probably be Jaws. Oh, okay. yeah. Because it's a real world, real fear. Because I mean, on on land, humans were the alpha hunter just because of our tech and our technology and our you know our increased brain capacity and such. But in the ocean, it's the sharks, yeah. and it brings out that primal fear in you that. There's so much below you and so much that you... I mean, I mean, there, I think there's so many psychological segues in Jaws other than just, it's a big fucking shark and he's going to eat your face or eat all of you. Um, so Jaws would definitely be number two. It's just classic. It's just a classic. Um, I don't know. Let me let me come back to you on the third. What about you, Adam? See, go ahead, Adam. Oh, I mean, did you have something to say? Because mine's probably going to be... Well, I was going to say, um, Jaws, man, it never scared me whatsoever. I was never scared, even as a kid. Because I just, I fucking hated water anyway. So I knew I was never going out to the ocean. So I was like, fuck that. So, yeah, Jaws never, I was never, I mean, I was never a big fan of it. Never scared of it. So I was just like, ah, whatever. Wow. A lot of people, well, I don't want to say a lot. I know a handful of people... Personally, that was just fucking terrified of that movie. Um, but for me, it never scared me at all because I knew I was never going to be in the fucking ocean or even close. So. Bathtubs are just way out there. It's yeah. showers and nothing. <laughs> Any body of water. Um, I love Jaws. That's such a good movie. Plus, really? the, that first death as the movie is opening... So yeah. damn sexy for a young Adam <laughs> coming into his own, <laughs> literally in some cases. Um, okay, so well maybe not into his own. That was weird. Like a tuck it or something. A little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, thing is, I separate horror movies into different categories. Mm-hmm. So my Halloween horror movies are going to be different than my normal everyday favorite horror movies. I was about because to say, I know you like. A What's lot that? of the older stuff, don't you? Yeah. Like, for Halloween, I'm a very much a, a universal horror kind of guy. I mean, even just 
my phone. Like it's you know I I have monster on it. I've got Wolfman. Once you unlock it, so it's just I love that black and white iconography of Frank. First of all, Frankenstein as a movie is like the original 1930s. It's visually stunning. I mean, you talk about the law of the trapezoid. This movie like completely encapsulates that idea. You yeah. just when Frankenstein's chained up at the very beginning after he's been reanimated and you just have these dramatic angles, these deep shadows, you've got this fucked up Igor fucking with him, which I don't know why the hell you would be doing that. Igor's got to be the stupidest <laughs> fucking character on the planet. But it's just visually it's stunning and the story itself it, it just reaches down into sort of the the primal essence of man over god that mm-hmm. that i just i mean that's one of the things i love about satanism so um obviously frankenstein i think is number one we always and i've been like i had my kids watch night of living dead with me since they were too young to even understand what they were looking at i mean that movie for me is a staple of it's just human culture you have to watch this film it's it's about the the madness of herd conformity if you want to take it to a satanic side of things um it's about survival and, and and just primal instincts um and it's just one of those really great movies that launched a genre that up until that point didn't really exist, at least not in that way. Um, and so from the filmmaking side of it, you've got to respect that. And just dead people eating people. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's just fun. Um, it's hard to go with the third one. The third one's going to be tough because I love Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's just this great little microcosm of machismo and sexuality and misunderstood sort of creature. Um, on the other side of that, Wolfman. I love the idea of uh, ancient magics and curses. Um, and uh, I don't, I, I love that, but I, I'm going back with you, I think, on this one, Milton, where I love the campy side of things. My campy's a little less campy than your side. I'm going to have to go with Evil Dead 2. Uh, okay, you got me. I love yeah, Evil Dead. It's just so yeah. good in yeah. in all of it. There's a moment in that film. Um, I do not condone drug use for anyone at any time in their life, but I did imbibe as a child, young man. Um, <laughs> and acid was my preferred drug of choice. There's a moment when the the evil has infected the cabin. All of his friends are dead, and he's sitting in the rocking chair, and madness takes his mind over. And the deer head on the wall is laughing at him, and the lamp is laughing at him, and he's laughing at himself, and he's going purely insane. And I feel like that is the best description of what an acid trip is. And so I just, like, watching that movie, I I connected with that so much. I was just like, this is the greatest! This is exactly what it's like! Everything's so fucked up! Um, and of course, I love, this is weird, this is going to be weird, preface this, I, I really got off on the idea of a tree overtaking that girl. I don't know why. It turned, <laughs> I'm so glad you said it, because I'm right there with you. That was it so turned odd. me on, and, and it's wrong on all rational levels, but I, it really did. I dug that shit. And on the remake, it still carried through. I loved it. Oh, gosh. The tree didn't have ears, so it couldn't hear her and say no. Does it really count? (laughs) It's a movie, though, people. Don't take shit seriously. (laughs) Yeah, so there's my three. There you go. Nice. What what about you, man? I'd have to say um, A Nightmare on Elm Street is my Mm -hmm. first, of course. Um, Just because as a kid, man, I I would always have nightmares and stuff. And then when I saw that movie, it just made it more real for me. So... That's where I guess I connected with it more, um, and plus just the fucking whole effects on the movie, just the way they did it. You know, no CGI crap and all of that. Um, it was just great. In my what opinion. was your favorite horror part of it? Like the the effects part of it. The effects, I think, um, when um, Amanda or was in the bedroom. And she, you know, he took her up the wall oh, into yeah. the ceiling and everything, and all the blood kind of. I think that was one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Killing scene. 
Did you see the behind uh, the scenes stuff on how they did all yeah, that? It's yeah. So good. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy how they did all of that. <laughs> uh, and then, um, of course, I love when you know Nancy's in in the uh, bathtub oh. comes out. The, the only That's... side boob shot you get through the whole movie. Yeah, it's such a hot scene, though. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is. I love that the hand going up, and then when the mom knocks on the door, it quickly goes down. <laughs> it was like every single time I had a girl in my bedroom, <laughs> the door knocks, and you're like, "No, I'm good. We're all good. Nope. It's all <laughs> nothing's happening." <laughs> did you did you see the um, behind the scenes on that part? Adam yeah, yeah. or Milton. Yeah, so that's really cool. And then I think the second would have to be The Shining. Oh, I forgot about The yes. Shining. So. I mean, I just, just that whole movie, man, is just great for me. Um, especially when he goes into the uh, the ballroom and, you know, he's sitting there having a drink. Words you know, of wisdom, and he's, You think he's talking to the bartender and just, man, Jack Nicholson, he's just a great actor. Oh, yeah. And then... My third, which you guys probably don't think is crazy, is The Stand by Stephen King. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Can't wait for them to do the remake like they did It. <laughs> that would be awesome. Adam, come on now. The, the book is fuck all amazing. Like, I am a, I love It, but right. The Stand? I mean, that's like the post-apocalyptic wet dream in Stephen King's world. It's beautiful. See, and when I first saw that movie, I was a little kid, and I remember, because um, my parent, my mom, she was very churchy christian lady so when we watched the movie she even watched it with me and she was you know telling me how that's going to be after after the rapture happens that's how it was going to be so it just i don't know it just made it more real for me because at that time i believed all of that yeah. um so. so little blake do you want to go live with randall flag or <laughs> abigail williams well i don't know randall lives in fucking vegas <laughs> yeah i know man yeah he had all the party and everything uh, but those, those would be my three, man. Um, the stand, really? <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. I, I you know, I could have lied and made some other. Movie that's up, true. No, I, 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 I gotta be honest, honest, man. M O O N. That spells moon. <laughs> I don't remember. I see. I There's watched that. Coming. It was like a, a two part yes, TV one. series, right? Yeah. yeah, like two or four. Have you ever seen it? Long, but... As a kid, yeah, I, I remember watching it, but I don't remember the details of it. Oh man. I, I don't know. I just fucking love that movie. I still, I, to this day, I still love it. Um, what, did you guys ever watch Warlock? Yes. Oh, Warlock. You don't remember Omen. Warlock, Blake? Oh, Jax, that was awesome. No. God, Warlock. Go if, watch it. If, yeah, you, if you dug sort of uh, occult witchcraft and stuff as a kid, Warlock's <clears throat> right up your alley. It is oh. 80s to the core. It is yeah. magic. And it is a dude who's not so terrible looking that has command over the Dark Forces. It's awesome. Great show. Um, what about The Gate? The Gate? God, wow. I saw that once. I don't remember much of yeah, it. Been... It was like the, the, oh, so the satanic panic movie of the era. So, it, like, they had everything from you read this book of like Necronomicon type book and you summon demons and that's like the gate little creatures coming out. You had the eye in the palm, which was really great, but you had the total satanic panic of playing the record backwards and it told you a message. Like like the greatest trope of all time is the backwards fucking record. People still think the Beatles had something like that. So, oh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. awesome. That was total just 80s. Have you, um, if you ever want to watch a funny movie, um, Satanic on Netflix. It's called Satanic. Um, I started. And... I couldn't finish it. <laughs> Dude, and they actually go to where um, supposedly Anton LaVey lived. I think they called it the Black House or the. Oh really? Satanic. Yeah, but it's like a little storefront house. I mean, it, of course, it's not the original Black House, and it's got these two people coming out, and they're like all gothic, and you know not saying they're hating the world hating their lives and shit i mean it's totally yeah i love it but um <laughs> oh. i can't think of her name she's in it but she's fucking hot yeah she from modern it. family yeah 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 the the oldest daughter from modern family does that make me a pervert because she's like no she's not... grown oh okay good. she's grown now, now you now. fucking pervert well, in the movie she was grown i i, I didn't know <laughs> Oh, jeez. It would be a little awkward if it was the middle daughter, though even now she's a grown girl, woman, so it doesn't matter. But I can't help but... You can't you can't help but do think that. If 
if you look, first of all, we were kids when right? like some of these really now beautiful, amazing women actresses oh, were yeah. kids. And so like Drew Barrymore growing up for me, I lusted after her. Uh, Christina Applegate, I lusted after her. And then now that I'm a grown ass man looking back, I'm just like, oh, I still have the same feelings, but I'm watching them when they were younger, but it's not because I wanted them when they're younger. I wanted them when they were the same age. And so it's this weird social issue we have to mentally hurdle over. Yeah. It's not like Harry Potter and Hermione Granger and Emma Watson style. Yeah. My daughter. That's a tough one. (laughs) My daughter, she watches uh, Jesse. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Yeah, Jesse. my daughter watches Jesse a lot. Um, no. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she's like in her 20s, though. She looks she... grown up. Yeah, she oh, looks... okay. And she's got a body. She's got like a bombshell body, like from back in the day. Like, she looks good. <laughs> Disney. Good job. Good, good job, up, Disney. Disney. Good casting. <laughs> Three thumbs up. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure that's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it but the thing is, like, she is grown, okay? So it's not like I'm looking at her like, oh, it's a little, you know, she's a grown-ass woman. So right. people stop being weird. Yeah, my uh, daughter's like, uh, you think she's pretty, pretty? I was like, yeah, she's pretty. Pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No. No. <laughs> no, you're my kidding me? No, she's playing like, like weird because no. I always want to watch Jesse with her, so. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> chewing it up. The next episode's on, honey. Come on. Oh man, this took a turn. <laughs> well, now that um, we're all going to be on the registry. <laughs> um, here's a question for you guys: A lot of the newer stuff, like say uh, the stuff that Rob Zombie puts out, like Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, where it's really kind of like gore porn, almost like Hostel and stuff. Um, what do you guys think of that? Because a lot of people like that. A lot of our people like that. And I, I get it, but I don't. I, I remember um, an article. <laughs> but I, I don't. Yeah, don't. I'm fucking Mr. Rogers. I don't know. But, but I remember an interview that Rob Zombie did about the Devil's Rejects, right? Mm-hmm. And one of his one of his, uh, his uh, quotes, where they quoted him saying that this is a film that we want that at the end of the movie, you will feel bad or you'll identify and feel, um, and you'll feel bad for the main characters, the bad guys. And at the end of that movie, I'm like, oh my god, cops, you cannot shoot them enough. Yeah. I didn't identify oh. with the bad guys at all. They were all pieces of shit. They were fucking <laughs> awful. Awful. I want like, some tootie fucking fruity. Tootie <laughs> fucking fruity. It has 20 points, I'll give you that. But there's the, there's the part where, like, he saw the guy's face off. Yeah. In the fuck? Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's a, that's the next one, isn't it? Or is that, is that the Devil's House Rejects? Thousand Corpse. You're thinking of? Or... Well, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking Devil's Rejects. That's the one where he saws the guy's face off, right? In the desert. Yeah. Th- there's there's no fucking part of this where I'm like, oh, that poor guy. He was just misunderstood, like Jason. I I didn't feel that at all. See, but I I I think that's the that's the 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 separation that you're having is that you're not supposed to feel bad. You're supposed to be if if you're watching it and you're enjoying it. At least for me, I enjoy it because they are the bad guys. Because there are no forgivable traits, and I just like bad guys. You know, that's why I can I can forgive. I can't forgive him for it, but I can overlook the child molestation part of Freddy Krueger because he's just a bad guy murderer. I don't have to like everything about him. I just like the idea that this is a movie about a murdering individual. And I like the scariest side of him, and I'm going to just like it for that. Devil's Rejects, you just have to like the anti... They're not even anti-heroes. You just have to like the bad guys. And they very much are the bad guys. But I didn't feel like he did. Like, I... for With my villains, I gotta have one redeeming factor, because Mm. for me, that's like... It's like wrath. It's that vengeful side. It's that no matter how small a thing happened to me, or no matter, you know, what you think of it... There's something that I can identify with, and that mm. makes you justified to go on, and that just sweetens the deal for me. That that just right. makes it where I'm like, this is fucked up, but yeah, go get them, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I don't mind like, chaos and death for, for chaos and death purposes. I, I dig it. What were you I'm kind of like you with the Devil's Rejects, Adam, but um, 
I at the end, man, in the car scene, I did. I felt bad for him, man. Fuck you, motherfucker! But but the way I looked at it, man, is the way Rob Zombie as a director, man, that's just fucking brilliant because he did these gruesome killers that just fucking was ruthless. You know, he made the audience well, at least for me, sympathize with him. You know, and feel bad for him, and I just thought, I thought that was brilliant, man. It was the song. And this bird you yeah, cannot Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I love about him as a filmmaker, though, is because he takes a overarching genre, which is horror, which he is studied and learned in, and he is passionate about. And then for each movie he makes, whether he does a good job in it or not, ultimately, he's going for a particular type of tale. So with House of a Thousand Corpses, it was very much a comic book. And I... Th- I love that film so much to this day. Um, uh, Devil's Rejects, he was continuing the story, but he wanted to take it into a Western genre. And I thought for that, he did fantastic. Um, uh, El Super Bisto? Holy hell! The Haunted World of El Super Bisto. That shit was awesome. (laughs) I, I brought that to a friend's house and we were watching it and some people just happened to stop in and they, from that movie, discovered that they really had a fetish for cartoon porn. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) I mean, it was just great. And then, um, uh, Lords of Salem, I absolutely loved because it was a callback to 70 horror movies. Um, 70s horror movies, which were a little long-winded and they were a little overly complex in their aesthetic, but it was just for the sake of it, you know, the tone, it was fun. Um, I'm forgetting one. 31 was a fucking nightmare. I thought that was the biggest pile of shit I ever saw in my life. I never saw that one. What was it about? It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is terrible. Do you want to try to give a synopsis? no, okay. Um, <laughs> well, of course, you know his his wife Sherry Moon's in it. Yeah. You know, which yeah. I think personally she's fucking hot. So I have this little thing for her. So I like more but, meat on my bones, but that's all. It's, you know, she's good. <laughs> yeah. So did um? Are you guys Halloween fans? I mean, any? How did you guys like the remakes? I guess of Rob I was Zombie? just gonna ask that actually. Yeah. Um, Halloween's one where I'm 50-50 on, because I, I like Freddy more than I do Michael Myers. Yeah. So, you're like, you can't fuck up Halloween for me, because it's, it's just a Halloween movie, you know? It, it's just Michael Myers, and he's killing people, Mark of Thorn and all that good stuff. Um, I don't like the series as much as I do Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, just because they had that continuation, kind of um, that pause where the third one... They, uh, uh Michael Myers, the yeah, yes. Michael Myers isn't even in it, yeah. and it, it's very misleading because it sounds cool as shit, right? You're like, Season of the Witch, this is awesome, there's gonna yeah. be like a fucking coven, and it's gonna go more into it. And then you watch, and you're like, There's, there's <laughs> nothing ass. to this, which I enjoyed, but yeah, <laughs> well, I like it now as an adult, but as a kid, you're like, There's no wanton murder in this, so yeah, we were very much raised in an era where you had to have a continuous <laughs> bad guy, oh, yeah, like in everything. Yeah, um, I loved the original Halloween, and I absolutely loved the remakes, mm-hmm. one and two. And it they got panned poorly, in my opinion. But yeah. it was it fleshed out a new direction for a character that made more sense to me. Like there was a genuine psychological disorder to this character. This is why he did the what he did. And for me, it just grounded it, the monstrosity inside of him. And I, I genuinely like that. Um, I, but I'm a student of, of serial killers anyway. I just, I love the insanity of the human mind and, and what we can convince ourselves of and what we are ultimately capable of doing if we give in to the insanity within our own brains. So um, I thought it was just stunning. And the actress was really good. Like, yeah. I think she sold it. And, you know, she, you can never take over for, um, um... Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you. I can't believe I was spacing. Uh, but it was great. But, yeah, it's a... The, the original was a classic. It, it feels like Halloween when you're watching it, you know? And oh, yeah. I don't know of any other movies that so perfectly encapsulate the season as Halloween does. And it's a fucking William Shatner mask, so come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Painted yeah, white. Yeah. <laughs> So crazy, um, but I, I like Rob Zombie the first one he did. 
Um, because I like I'm I'm like you. I like the backstory of Michael Myers, kind of yeah. a little history on him, you know. Um, but part two, it kind of I don't know. It just went out I there. Did, I, didn't see <laughs> I don't know where he was going. But. I didn't see number two, so yeah. so. I, yeah, I dug it. it and it's okay like even the original halloween 2 it was just sort of a, a hospital murder show you know mm-hmm. and they had like the silly tropes of like the the nurse getting it on with the emt and you know just everything was so claustrophobic in this one space which is why i think i didn't mind the remake so much because you thought that if you bought into the absurdity that this little kid grew up into this monstrous creature confined mm-hmm. inside of an asylum, um, then you could then, you know, buy into the idea that he would just terrorize this hospital and just go insane. And yeah. I liked... And this is difficult for me to say because it, it's not that I liked that it happened, but I feel like it genuinely does happen. And so I like the realism side of it. When those two guys were taking advantage of that inmate in the second yeah. one. yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, something that I think yeah. happens a lot, and for them to to put it into a movie, I just I'd never seen that before, and I thought it was a really interesting addition, and they got what they deserved, and that I think you know to, to your point, Milton, about having a a moment of of humanity peeking through. He Michael took care of those two. He absolutely oh, murdered them. Maybe Bad it wasn't people. Yeah. because of that one particular nasty part, but he he served justice, you know. He in took that care of business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of moving on from the horror movies. Um, God, I'm just getting. What do you guys during right. the Halloween season? What um, do you guys enjoy doing? I guess, like for instance, let's just say Halloween night. What's kind of the things like a tradition for each of you and your family? Oh, um, Adam, go first. You sure? All right. Yep. Well, we have kids. So first and foremost, we take the youngest kid out while the oldest kid is watching the door and giving candy out to the other younger kids. We always dress up every year. No forgiveness for people who don't dress up if you're an adult. You are wrong. Yes. Go out, dress up, enjoy the evening. And then when you get back, the older kid gets to go and just raise hell. And then while while he's off doing his thing, in my case, um, we're home watching horror movies. Kids are coming to the door. We're giving them handfuls of candy. We like to be the house that's like the cool house so that we don't get egged or fucked up. <laughs> you know, our pumpkins don't get messed with. Um, I I love it. I love it. I don't even care if kids come up to the house with terrible costumes or not even attempting costumes. The fact that they're going door to door and saying trick or treat is enough for me to buy into the moment and I will give them candy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, especially for these days. Um with trunk or treat and all of that bullshit. Uh, I don't I don't think they do that guys with yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal here, so like trunk or treat, I hate that yeah, shit. We're doing like, it tomorrow. The wife wants to do it, and I'm you're like, doing trunk or treat. <laughs> my wife's doing trunk or treat. I'm going along. Are you going? Or are you participating? Like setting up? Oh fuck! I'm not participating. Oh my! Oh no! I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, stand no. in line with the rest of the trogs and walk <laughs> around going, "Hi, hey, buddy, good candy." Yeah. Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, it's awful. It's like. Yeah. I- I see enough of people in my job that I don't want to go out <laughs> into public anymore. Right. Um, no, Halloween is the best time of year for kids because it lets kids be themselves. Even if, even if adults, even if parents have forgotten what it's like to let themselves go and to let that inner, you know, that inner demon, that black part of them, that dark side, come out. You know, whether it's the whether it's the librarian dressing up as a sexy cheerleader or, you know, the, the soccer mom, you know, being that sexy maid outfit or whatever at a party, it lets people come out and children are no different. You know, they get to dress up as their princesses, as their superheroes, as their vampires or as their werewolves. Um, bookmark that, Adam, we got to talk about vampires and werewolves. But it's the season for all things dark to come out and, I like talking about that with my children. My daughter's just now old enough. She's five. She's just now old enough that I'm going to sit her down and we're going to talk about, um, you know, this will be the start of 
or of a of a ritual, so to speak, where I want to sit her down and I want to ask her, you know, honey, where do you know, where do you think people go when they die, and and explain to her the history of Halloween and the supposed supernatural crossing between the living and the dead and all these myths, and I think it's a wonderful, beautiful time. So we we tend to have a uh, a little campfire little bonfire before we go out um oh really in, in our in our in our backyard we have a fire pit and we go out and we you know i start a fire because it's pretty chilly out and uh, we're not in our costumes yet and we just kind of sit and talk and you know kind of like prep ourselves um one of the things i want to do is i want to go uh, probably monday night uh tonight so we'll uh we'll walk around and we'll see who, you know which houses have the best candy and we'll kind of scope it out like a battle plan and be like, you know, we're definitely going to that house because those people put up good, you know, good decorations and, you know, oh, those people have pumpkins and, you know, how do you think you can get more candy? Well, if you go to the door and you say trick or treat, you're definitely going to get candy, right? But what if you say, hey, I really like your pumpkin or hey, what if... Uh, you know, <laughs> Lizard magic. Exactly, you know, teaching them, and my daughter already knows the plan, you know, it's funny, she'll be like, Papa, you got a fat belly, and I'll be like, Madeline, and she's like, but you're so handsome and sweet, so she, she knows, she totally knows, and, you know, these these times are magical, and these times are the moments when they're most impressionable, and you can really teach them a lot about, you know, safe, um, amicable interactions with people, and getting what you want. And right now, it's about getting that fucking candy. It's about getting what you want. And, you know, there will be a definable difference in, you know, what you get. We, we did it last year, and she kind of got the message. So I just think there's so much opportunity to show people how to really live when in these moments when, when you're allowed, when you're socially mm -hmm. allowed to let yourself go. I just, I just think that's fucking beautiful. So that's what we do. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we go... Um... We get ready, of course. We all dress up, even the wife. Um, and then we go trick-or-treating. And we get done trick-or-treating, and we come back to the house. We watch horror movies. Put, you know, We let the kids, usually they'll pick horror, horror movies, and um, which a lot of times they'll pick like Ghostbusters or something, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's still fun, man. And um, you know, then the rest of the night we watch horror movies let trick-or-treaters come to the house and we just love it man it's, it's a lot of fun and then plus you know grub out on candy so, oh yeah oh yeah. yeah but but we've we've always dressed up like me and my wife dana we've always dressed up with the kids we've never went out just you know um so and i think that's a lot of fun man especially for us it just i don't know it's just a tradition so we love it yeah. works for us yeah. um i did want to ask you guys um I heard this thing on the radio not too long ago, um, this past week, that there was a thing where they were bringing racism into um, the costumes this year. Oh. Um, have you heard that? Like, um, you cultural know, appropriation and costumes if you're a certain race. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, you know what, motherfuckers? If that's a problem, nobody gets to be a ghost but white people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put on that sheet. Don't right. be dressing up. We got that covered. You see this skin? Why does a sheet? Don't appropriate me. Oh, man. Kind of you know shit what? I had, when I was in uh, AIT, it's after basic training where you sort of learn your craft for the military, there was a girl there that was convinced, and she said it all the time, every opportunity she had, that she had the soul of a black woman. And I was like, how the fuck do you know if... If, if, you, if you believe in souls, we're going to take a leap in logic here. If you believe in ghosts and souls and whatever, there's no way they're fucking ethnic. Like, there's not an ethnicity attached to a soul. How, how could you possibly? It oh, would be man. white anyway if it was like a ghosty thing. That's I, so awesome. <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I ever fucking heard in my life. I have the uh. soul of an old black woman. And then... What's the, is that an insult? Like, if you were the old black woman and you were trapped inside this young white girl's body, you'd be kind of pissed. Or maybe you'd be excited because you wouldn't have to deal with the shit that you had to deal with the first time around. Like, Look there's just so privilege. much wrapped into that insanity of a thought. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe they were coming up with that shit, especially with costumes, man. Just Right? That's just bullshit, man. I mean, it's just stupidity. Wait, so what costumes were the problem? Um, 
There was what's the uh, black um, princess Melton? Do you know? Um, oh, um, the one from the Frog Prince, the Brian Yeah, Frog yeah, yeah, that one. I fucking was, love that Disney movie. They were saying if you were the white, man was awesome. you cannot wear that one. That that you know, you couldn't wear an outfit Wait, like really? that. Really? You have to stick to your Tiana, right? Saying, um, isn't that in itself racism? That's straight isn't up that, racist. Isn't that anyway. away from the yeah. pros- prospects of equality and diversity that we're trying to talk about? Where you can be whatever you want to be, whoever you want to be, regardless right. of race and gender. Right. I, well, see, that was the whole the whole point that the radio station I was listening to they were putting out. You know, it's Halloween. You can be whoever you want to be, but it it was from some kind of magazine, some article in a magazine that they put out, and it was totally. <laughs> just fucking stupid but on a side note i got a funny story a buddy of mine uh we'll be the judge of that (laughs) (laughs) his um his parents are real religious and um he's i want to say on the fence half and half he's still questioning some things well they had a big halloween party at their church and um they told him you know everybody needs to dress up but don't dress up like no you know ghosts or anything all dress up as biblical characters Ew. So his smart ass idea, which was great, <laughs> he showed up as fucking Lucifer. Yeah! <laughs> oh, great, man. But he said, like, the parents, Dr. people, Mike. and the pastor of the church was, like, flipping their shit because. And he was like, hey, you told me to show up as a biblical character. <laughs> so, you know, I another thought, good one would have been Cain. That would have been a good one. Uh, yeah, another yeah. good one, if you want to pull a little apocrypha, it would have been Lilith. Yeah, I would have dressed up as the fucking whale that swallowed Jonah. <laughs> that would have been. Per- what are you doing here? And they'll just like have a dude, like a gummy bear dude, and be like, "Oh, <laughs> Jonah, my belly." <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's um, dumb. That is dumb. That would be the worst. How? That's. Oh god! So that kind of goes back to the costume thing, though. Like, would it be like racist a, a to dress up like head? as a Middle Eastern person? I mean, like, oh yeah, you'd have to pull out that, blackface. Does I mean, that fall in the line? Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, Which, uh, is nothing sacred anymore? Is it? Nothing's <laughs> fucking sacred. People can't just get over shit. And I mean, it's not even shit to get over. There's nothing there. It's not like some kid dressed up as a freaking native american going out there in like a headdress and stuff maybe he likes the culture maybe he likes the freaking pantheon that they have maybe he likes the movies and all this shit and he's out there and he's like yeah i'm chief you know hoko hokum from the freaking hopi and i think that's actually a real guy and he's like this is who i want to be and people are like you're fucking racist little boy and what's that gonna do to him that's gonna make him fucking hate you and your culture and shit so what are you doing i mean people i don't know and you know what it is? Sorry, I'm off on a tangent. I never, ever hear somebody of the actual supposedly oppressed or um, offended race or gender <laughs> going about it. It's always other people standing up for the oppressed people. It's always the, the other... justice warrior. Right. It's a bunch... Oh, it's awful. <laughs> oh. Sorry. It's just... it's... But it's fucking kids. It's for the kids. Right? Yeah. It's Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I gotta be okay. honest, I would not let my kids go out in a KKK outfit. Like, <laughs> so so I do feel like I have limits that I would allow my kids to go. I wouldn't let them do like straight up blackface. Yeah. Even though this is gonna sound terrible. <laughs> I don't mind it for obvious reasons. I'm not part of the ethnicity that has been enslaved i'm not part i have not no firsthand experience with any of that i i I just i I like the idea um and i know it was done for nefarious reasons let me put that out there i like the idea of white people recognizing the attraction of the black community the strength of their music and i'm going in so far as to even say their religious influences because they brought a lot of that into music and 
I personally, though I don't identify with the religious side of it, I love it to my core. And so I can't help but find even performances with men in blackface acting as if they were part of that ethnicity and culture and celebrating it with song and dance. I... I know it was done for nefarious reasons. I know in most cases it was done to uh, shame them, but I can't help like Song of the South. I, I like it. I can't help mm -hmm. it. I, yeah. I enjoy black culture so much that I can forgive. I can overlook the nefarious sides of it. Same thing we do with horror movies yeah. and get past that and just enjoy the music and the experience of it. There was sure. a really great, not so great movie, uh, Get Shorty uh, sequel. Um, um, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. But there was a really great line. I think it was Cedric Entertain the Entertainer um, in the movie. It was Be Cool is what it was called. Be Dr. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, there's a scene in it where Cedric the Entertainer is a rapper and he's in a recording studio uh officials office administrator's office and a bunch of like russian guys come in and tell you know shouting the n-word and telling them to shut up and he pulls out his gun and he says look you should be thanking me i have enriched your culture i have made you millions instead of you degrading me as a human you should just say thank you and go on about your day and i that's exactly how i see all of black culture is that it has enriched us i don't necessarily like every hip-hop artist but i cannot deny the influence and as far as hip-hop excluding like gangster rap or anything the positive influence that it's had on our culture musically specifically sure. um i genuinely adore it so i have a hard time backing up racial behavior for the sake of free speech because I don't think it's okay when, when th okay, that was a hypocritical statement. I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> no, I, I will, I will rip off of that and shoot okay. myself in the face on this one. So I'm right here with you, but as far as free speech goes, <laughs> save a bullet for me. <laughs> just, uh, just as I think free speech is important and obviously, I don't think kids should be dressed up as fucking KKK members. That's that's stupid, and that's not Halloweeny at all. Yeah. Although it is kind of scary. It's straight up scary. Who, yeah. <laughs> that we still have people who think like that right there with you. But as far as free speech goes, I think it's very important, and I think it's a very powerful identifier that people are allowed to say or should feel emboldened to to speak their minds, because then that lets us know, hey. We've still got motherfuckers over here that think like this, yeah. that th this way of thinking, this mode of thinking, this cultural endemic of theirs is antithetical to our peaceful society of diversity and of championing, you know, merit and of getting people, you know, lifted up and broadening their horizons and bringing that potential out of the muck and the mire of whatever crap that they live in, bringing it up so that they can succeed and, and champion a lifestyle of their own, we still got motherfuckers thinking that they're bad because of the color of their skin, mm -hmm. which I find appallingly just stupid. There's yeah. no grounds or basis for it whatsoever, but we still have people thinking that. And that's important to know. So everybody who's saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't say that, we shouldn't have these people on campuses speaking whatever, no, that's what we need to hear. We need to know that these people still exist. And then through the educational system and through, you know, culture and through our society, we can help make that go away. But that's just my feeling. Back to candy corn and pumpkins. Right? <laughs> God, I'm sorry. That was a fucking tangent. Here's the big question. Would you let one of your kids dress up as Donald Trump? Yeah. If Honestly, this is the way I see it. Whatever they want to dress up as for whatever reason that's them you know they're not they're not making a, a political statement you know for whatever reason if if they wanted to awesome my daughter wanted to be dressed up and she's going to be dressed up as a murdered prom queen oh i loved that i saw that picture that was beautiful <laughs> okay i mean i don't i don't care like if that's your thing that's your thing you know and that's the you know i've been asked this about you know what if your kids are religious or what if they grow up to be this or that it that's yeah. them I, I do my best to instill humanity and responsibility. 
they're going to develop in whatever they want. So, yeah, as far right. as Halloween costumes, I don't care. There's, again, there are limits. So I, I wouldn't right. let them be... I'm just going to shut up. They're the limits. Right. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. Well, that, that kind of brings me to the end um, of the discussion here. Um, kind of to end it out. But with a lot of parents out there, especially with religious parents and stuff, that, that don't let their kids enjoy or partake in Halloween, um, what's you guys' thoughts on that? Like just pure stupidity or just – I think, I think they have a really valid concern mm-hmm. from their own perspective, from what they believe. It's just like when they look at it, when they look at us, when they look at us three fine gentlemen, they see us as evil. They see us as wrong. They see us as something that's antithetical to their own beliefs and their own power structure, which is what religion is. Their religion is based on, based on faith. And they have a very real worry that their children are out there, um, you know, being brought away from God, being brought towards the devil. And in a way, they're right. Seriously, they're right. Because every time you're yourself, every time you feel more powerful to champion your own cause, to be responsible, to be accountable, to be who you are, and to make yourself better, which is part of what Halloween is about. It's about letting yourself go and realizing just a little more of who you are and, you know, shining that facet of the jewel that is you. That's a very real concern. So uh, do do religious parents, do evangelical parents have a, a valid concern? Absolutely, because this is the time when the devil takes hold of your heart and whispers in your ear, you know, go be yourself. Go be you. You don't need to listen to the shit that your parents are saying. And you don't need to be ashamed of, you know, feeling these feelings that you're, you know, that you have and having these emotions and wanting the things that you do. You know, this is the time when children are told, you know, go be yourself. And that's a that's a wonderful thing. And it's a scary thing for these parents. So are, do they have valid concerns? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Adam, you have anything to leave on that, or no? I, I think that's <laughs> Thank... <Yeah>. good. <laughs> cheers! Cheers! I would say cheers with my mouth, but ah, fake it. You can fake it. Well, um, guys, thank you so much um, for taking the time out of your schedules and coming on the show. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We'll have to do a, another show, of course, together sometime. Absolutely. Thanks something. for having me. Yeah. Talking about Jesse or something. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be a creeper and I'm going to Netflix her right after we get off. And you I'll... need to. I'm telling you. I'm going to message you guys and be like, OMG, she is hot. <laughs> I'm telling you, she is. Skeet, but, skeet, hey, skeet. Just me. Yeah. Well, before we, right, before you close off, hold on, hold on. I want, to, I want to thank you too um, for allowing uh yourselves to be a part allowing yourselves thank you guys for being a part of what we're about to set off Um, yes i appreciate that yeah speaking of that um that video is actually going to be at the beginning of this show okay so um stay tuned for more information concerning that um (laughs) with you with us three amigos and um yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It was already a lot of fun. I, I did knuckle push-ups for you. <laughs> knuckle push-ups. I the suit, okay? <laughs> I country swag with my slow hand, all right? so I just got half naked, as usual. And rocked so. the fucking bandana of this with guy over here guitar. with his Guitar Hero goodness. My, my wife put makeup on me, and I couldn't wash it off. <laughs> Saw that I was like, dude, he fucking like full tilted like Axl Rose makeup. It was great. So the whole time I was filming, my wife she was watching the whole time, so it made it a lot more awkward that she was sitting there watching me do all these little moves. But hey, I got paid afterwards, so it must have worked. So I did mine at the stairwell at work. And- and we share the building with a bank, and there are a lot of really good-looking ladies. I had one come in early, walking down the stairs, so it was in an outtake. And she's like, hey, what you doing? And I'm filming a video, and I'm all sweaty, and I'm doing push-ups, and I'm, like, filming myself. And she's like, can I watch? And I'm like, 
I'd rather eat <laughs> palms are sweaty, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> you know what I almost did? I almost got some spaghetti sauce and put it right there, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do the mom's spaghetti. That was great. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to hijack. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. But, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see other people involved, too. So that's going to uh, be a lot of fun also. I want to see what we were talking about before. That would be yeah, good. I've Hunter. reached out to, um, I think, seven people, and six of them have confirmed that, yes, they will be involved. Like, happily, yeah, excitedly. Yeah. And nice. people that you are going to want to see do it. <laughs> so Nice. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, you know the deal. Stay safe. Hell Satan. Hell Satan. Hell Satan.